Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Good afternoon, everybody. We're talking about unintended consequences of poor hiring process. Bad hires are the negative effect of an unstructured interviewing process, and a bad hire will manifest itself in the performance of your company. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to discuss and deconstruct insights from top-performing entrepreneurs and industry experts. Every week, we uncover tested tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. Today, our guest is Mr. Richard Franzi, the CEO and founder of Critical Mass for Business. Rick is uh, also the author of the best-selling book, Killing Cats Leads to Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions. He currently chairs CEO peer groups throughout Los Angeles and Orange County through his partnership with Renaissance Executive Forums, and he's the host of the Critical Mass radio show and podcast here on OC Talk Radio. Rick is also a nationally recognized thought leader on the power of peer learning for CEOs and business executives. Rick, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Rick, it's good to be here. Absolutely. Volume's a little down, but um, hey, I, uh, so we're going to cover a few things. We're going to talk about kind of your book, and we're going to blend it into what I do, yeah. so it's going to be fun. Um, we're going to talk about unintended intended consequences and we're going to be doctors and discuss kind of the <laughs> the symptoms the diagnosis um you have kind of what we call a secure model for hot well secure model which right. we're going to talk about and yes. then of course the prescription at the end good so let's start with the symptoms companies hire for skills right i mean where, where do you see are, are the kind of the the biggest issues here in this in this process well i have to give part credit to you and the presentations that I've seen you give to business owners here in Southern California. Oh, on, thank you. Yeah, no, truly. And it, it kind of connected my book to your concept. So a lot of what we're going to talk about today is kind of real time because I, yeah. I, I just saw you most recently last week give this talk. And, and I think it's, your point was valid that um, without a process, you're really left to sort of your behaviors and you're not really controlling it. You're just sort of taking what life is giving you. Yeah. And and, and uh, that, I see that in business a lot, and that leads to unintended consequences. Yeah. Where there isn't a strategy behind the action. It's just we have a bias to doing stuff, and we feel better about doing things than thinking about things a lot of times as business leaders and CEOs. Yeah. When, in fact, if we just thought a little bit more before we did, we might get a better output. <laughs> what, what is it, the um, you know, poor planning... Oh, God, I forgot the saying. But essentially, yeah, if you fail to plan, you should plan to fail, right? Right, exactly. So I've been a big proponent of this for a while as far as, hey, look at, you know, you've got to think about what your hiring process should look like and yes. and how it's going to be attractive to people. Right. Especially in this market. It right. gets even tougher and tougher. Right. And, and you're, so I see the lack of planning evidenced in bad hires. And yeah. that's kind of the premise of what we're going to talk about here today. Yeah. Because... Th People focus on the symptom and not on the cause. And you can't solve the problem by trying to cure the symptom. You have to go back and find the root cause of it. <laughs> There's a whole pharmaceutical industry that would probably disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, we're only playing doctors today. We're not actually, we're actually paid like them. We're playing it on the radio. Right. 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 So now we could add that to our resume. Yes. We play a doctor on TV. I, I mean, did. on the radio. Right. <laughs> All right. So, you know, 
So winging it doesn't work. No. That's really what we're saying here. If you believe that your people are your most important asset, you should plan to bring in the right type of people and plan a process that attracts the right. One of the key things that I heard that I took away that I'm sharing, I hope you don't mind, with other people that I've seen since I've seen you talk is uh, your process and the way you, you explained it to the CEOs that were in the room when I saw it was you want to attract a high performer. Yeah. And so you have to have a process that high performers resonate with. Yeah. And an unstructured, ill-defined, poorly constructed interview process does not seem attractive to a high-performing candidate, especially, as you said, in this job economy, when they're probably already gainfully employed. Yeah. It's not like they're out on the streets during the Great Recession where even good people were looking for work. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. That's so very true. Then let's ask the question, why? Right. You know, why, why do we not... As, as business owners, why do CEOs, I mean, you, you interview thousands of CEOs and, and you talk to a lot on a daily basis. Why don't, why don't CEOs kind of think about this part of their process as being a more important, it's actually probably the most important piece to their hiring process? I, I think they're uncomfortable yeah. with the process. I think it's a very real um, situation. You're yeah. sitting across the table from another human being. You're passing judgment and trying to make decisions. And unfortunately, I've seen many times, even during the process, the people who are doing the interviews are distracted. Yeah. They're distracted by the demands of the business. They're distracted by things that are going on. Um, I heard you say in your talk, you know, sometimes you forget that you even have the interview that day and you look at the resume a few minutes before the candidate shows up and there was like a, a collective chuckle yeah. around the table yeah. Yeah. of people going, oh yeah, that happens all too frequently. Yeah, so they're like collective oh shit moment. Right. Like, oh God, I've had an interview in 15 minutes. I better go on LinkedIn and see who this person is. Yeah, who am I, who am I talking to again? Yeah. And, and for a high performing candidate, uh, that shows through. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Google did this thing where they actually create interview panels and so everybody preps for it. And when you run through, like the hiring managers are not part of the decision-making process. Wow. Strange, right? Right. But uh, the guy who designed it is a guy named Laszlo Block, and he was the head of talent there for a number of years. And Laszlo kind of decided, hey, we want to take out all bias, and we want to make sure that we're getting people that can provide diversity of thinking into the groups as mm. well. So they mm. that's why they designed their hiring process that way. Makes sense. And they've shifted completely away from the, hey, you're the size of a quarter and you're in a blender. How do you get out type thing? Okay. Because, yeah. you know, the secure model, which we write about here in Critical Mass, in um, Killing Cats Leads the Rats, which is the third book in the Critical Mass book series, you know, the, the S in the secure model is to slow down the decision process. And what, what we don't mean is don't make decisions. What we mean is be more methodical about how you approach a major decision. Yeah. And I will argue that your hiring decisions are the most important decisions you're going to make in your company because I believe an engaged workforce is the number one competitive advantage that a company can have. And that starts with your hiring process yeah. and bringing in people who have the likelihood of being an engaged employee on the first place. Now, I, I saw your video in your keynote that you gave where that was something that you were kept driving home, was that your workforce is the most important thing. Right. Right. So right. you got to keep them, you got to keep them engaged and you got to attract the best people. Right. And, yeah. and, and by, in the S model, the, the S of secure, what we're talking about is plan, take time regularly to plan for your company's future. Yeah. And I would say take time regularly to plan for your employment future and the type of people that you need. Don't wait until you have an emergency, either because you lost a person or you have a growth opportunity, to figure out what 
person kind of person that you should have. It, yeah. sh- it should be just pull the plan out of the desk and go, okay, now, now how do we update this and move forward? Well, and you should, I mean, it's hard to do, right, when you're not actively hiring, but you should always be in the mode where you're always interviewing. Yes. And so you should be building an active pipeline. We had a guest on last week who who basically they have roles that they kind of rotate through and they consistently interview every week. They don't necessarily need that person, but if they find a really good person, they'll hire them mm-hmm. and then they'll build the work around them, Right. which is a really smart way to, to build your, your talent base. The, the other part of the yes, slow the decision down is don't make an emotional, resist making emotional decisions. Daniel Conahan wrote a book, Thinking Fast and Slow, mm-hmm. and we borrow from that book in, in Killing Cats, in that there's two systems in your brain, fast and slow. Fast is largely intuition and emotion-based, yeah. it, because emotions are the memories that are the most vivid. Thinking slow is more of a planned, methodical work. And while you need as a leader to do both, matter of fact, most successful CEOs pride themselves on their gut their ability to make quick decisions under fire. And that's all bravo, and I love that. But when it comes to creating your culture, I would argue you need to think a little slower, use Daniel Conahan's work, and think about the second part of it, which is really divorce yourself from the emotion of the moment, the interview, I love this person, everything they say is fantastic, to really having a system from which you you can judge uh, objectively the qualities of the candidate to fit your company. Yeah, and I found that's most effective through asking behavioral interview questions. Okay. And that's part of the structured piece, right? Right. Um, a statistic that I saw not too long ago was if you have an unstructured interview, you basically have a 6% chance of hiring the right person. Which I would say is all too common, right? <laughs> yeah. You know more than yeah. I because you work in that yeah. environment, but I think yeah. a lot of them aren't structured processes, especially for small and middle market companies. And and. Yeah, especially for small companies, you right. know, and, and uh, I found startups and I'm around kind of a lot of small, you know, maybe 10 people startups. They just look for skills. Mm. This guy has the skills we need. We'll try and figure out how we can work with them. Right. And, uh, you know, that's always and they might get lucky and that might work. You know, um, if there's some other kind of piece that they look for other than the skills, like maybe the passion for the project or something like that, they have a better chance. Mm hmm. But if you're just looking at kind of skills, that's a recipe for disaster as well. Right. Now, making a bad hire, what are the consequences? Well, I think the consequences show up in the performance of the company. Yeah. I think it shows up in the culture erosion that you have. Morale you know, you of might, the people. The morale of the people yeah. that are around you. You know, don't forget that, in my opinion, employees know good performers from not as good performers. Oh, yeah. And and leadership largely many times is predicated on the leader knowing that who really is moving the business and who's not. Yeah. The quickest way to lose a high performer, in my opinion, in my experience, is to reward the poor performers, like they're high performers. Because yeah. the high performers go, well, Paul doesn't even know who's doing the jobs here. How's he possibly going to recognize what I'm contributing? Because he's sort of blind to the actual performance. So an unstructured poorly defined interview process that brings in candidates who maybe on paper have the skills but don't really demonstrate the experience and have the cultural fit yeah. over time erodes your company into being mediocre in my oh, opinion. Oh yeah. Um, my mentor used to say 
B players hire C players, C players hire D players, <laughs> and, it's, and, and then the B players leave, and you're left with C and D players, Makes and then sense. you've got a scenario where, you know, oh, crap, what do I do now? Right. right. And I'm sure that happens in a lot of companies. Um, a bad, one bad hire will, in essence, probably infect... Here's our doctor reference. Oh, yes. Yeah, we've got about that. Um, well, in fact, at least two people around them, right? So if you've got a small 10-person company, that's 30% of your workforce that's low productivity. Right. Whew, that's yeah. not good. No, and Jim Collins calls them terrorists on board. You know, Ooh, we, I like it. Uh, 68% of the American workforce is not actively engaged in the company that they're working yeah. for. Yeah. So, yeah. This is this is a well-known statistic. It's measured every year by Gallup. It's it's undeniable fact. Yeah. It is not folklore. It's researched by Gallup and others. Oh, it's a proven fact. Yeah. So it, it it's the rare company that has a truly engaged workforce and culture. And I can confirm that because seven out of ta- ten calls that I make, I usually get somebody who's responding back to me. Okay. So. So that's anecdotal yeah. confirmation. <clears throat> Maybe I'm just that good. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you find the pain as a doctor. You, you probe for the symptoms. I do probe for the symptoms. There you go. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. We're talking to Rick Franzi, CEO and founder of Critical Mass Business. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about your secure model. Okay. I want to delve into that. And uh, we're going we're gonna to provide a prescription to your woes. There you go. We'll be right back. You're listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now back to Higher Power with Rick Gerard. Welcome back to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and today our guest is Rick Franzi, the author of the best-selling business book, Killing Cats Leads to Rats, which we have right here, if you can see it on video. <laughs> if you're listening, you can't see it. <laughs> so we just discussed um, kind of the whys, the symptoms, and the and the uh, the reasons for why people avoid a, a structured hiring process but now we're going to talk about how to diagnose the issue so let's talk about your secure model okay so you started to mention the s right so secure is an acronym for explain that to me if you could yeah so it you know to make it memorable you need an acronym that people can remember sure so for this book our acronym is secure where every letter stands for a strategy to help avoid reduce or mitigate unintended consequences Love we it. talked about in the first block a little bit about the s which is to slow down the decision process and yep. again by way of review i'm not saying to slow down your decisions but you need to put a process in front of your strategic decisions not every decision that you make yep. but i'm gonna i will argue that most employee hires that a ceo is making in the small to mid-sized companies is a strategic decision. Absolutely. It's hard to imagine when, like you said earlier, if you have 20 employees, that one new employee isn't really a strategic add to your team. And most CEOs can probably quote the saying that goes around, which is slow to hire, quick to fire, right? right. So 
but do they practice it? Right. Yeah. I think it's the opposite. Yeah. Many times, unfortunately. Yeah. So, I, I agree. Okay. So, so, so I think we covered in the first block the, the need to deliberate about the future and then act deliberately once you've made the decision and adhere to a process and a strategy of hiring. I can't agree with you more. Okay. <laughs> All right. uh, the, the second yeah. one is to expand your knowledge base. Okay. What we found is a good way to reduce or mitigate unintended consequences is to capture all the knowledge available to you. And so we say you assess the information and knowledge that's in your company. Many times when you're making a hiring decision, I would advocate it's a good idea to make sure you get the input of the people that that person might be working with or for. Yeah. Right? And to think about what else do we know about this position inside the company that we can formulate the job description, the expectations, etc., the compensation, before we go to the market to try to find that person. So it, it just to add to that, then, then that would be really, if you're expanding your knowledge, then you're looking to hire up too. Right. Right. Bring people in who have additional knowledge that you don't that possess. you can learn from. You can learn from. Yeah. Maybe they have an experience that would be... Uh, the experience that you want them to grow into. But I also would say, don't be fooled just by that. Just because someone's been there, done that in a different company, doesn't mean it's going to translate to your culture and your no. environment this time around. No, it doesn't. I mean, if you're asking somebody to do the same thing that they've been doing at their current job, they're not going to be that passionate about it. And then there's that. Yeah. And, yeah. and the other part of the E is to access information outside of your company. Okay. I find small companies sometimes are running so hard, they don't stop for a minute and either talk to a peer CEO about, you know, needing to hire a position, sure. or maybe more traditionally in this position, to hire consultants who can help you to build a process that will be more robust and more accurate. Yeah, absolutely. Don't try to do it. This isn't a DIY thing. This is lean <laughs> on people, right? Yeah. People who have experience and know how to create a process that you can lean on a bit because you don't have to create it yourself. Okay. So so th that would be the E in the secure model. Okay. Uh, the, uh, can I continue? Yeah, please okay. do. The, the C is, is very simply to clarify the desired outcome. And what I really loved about what I heard you present is to, to attract a high-performing person, you got to show them what's expected of them. Yeah. And, and by being able to tell them... This is what are the goals we think you're going to need to accomplish in the first period of time, maybe six months, here's a year, this is where it's going after that. I find that high-performing people like to understand what's expected of them yeah. and what resources they're going to be given to accomplish those goals. That's why I call it a syllabus for success, because you get a syllabus in college, right? right. You go to a job, what do you get? Well, here's, here's some skills we kind of want and make it happen. Right. Surprise. Here's a job description for the last guy that, you know, for whatever reason isn't here anymore. Yeah, and he right? didn't make it. Yeah. Right. No, so I think the premise again, and I love what you positioned, you want to attract high-performing people. So you have to create a process that they enjoy from the get-go. Absolutely. So that they'll think positively about being a part of your organization. And so clarifying the outcome, which is the C and secure, is really what you said, in my mind, it's building that roadmap to success. And clearly articulating what you expect of them. Yeah. And a high-performing person will go, well, that's a challenge or not. And they'll know early on. And if it's a challenge, it may be the compelling reason why they come to work with you, irrespective of even your company. Yeah, absolutely. So. And, and I found that when you, when you focus on that, when you find somebody who's really up for that challenge, who really wants it, they're going to do, go that extra mile to, to accomplish it. Uh, is it your experience that they actually add more to it? Going, well, yeah, I could do that, but have you thought about me doing this as well? 
Yeah, yeah. So, so we actually get a more yeah. robust Absolutely. outlook of what they could accomplish. <clears throat> and when you get to the end of the hiring process, it's not about the money at that's anymore. Right. It's, it's a about, challenge. Yeah, it's about hey, I'm 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 getting that piece of my heart back that I've been missing at that dead end job I'm in right now. Right. Right. Yeah. And this happens at every layer. I mean, at every level. I mean, you can <clears throat> you can talk from from the janitor all the way up to the CEO level. I mean, everybody yes. wants something more. Right. Right. You're right. And in the right culture, everybody, I think most employees have a chance to be a fully engaged employee. Yeah. It's a mismatch between the culture, the expectations, and the employee that creates this 68% of the people who are not fully engaged at their work. Now, what's the U? Well, the U is unify the team. Okay. In the book, what we talk about is um, make sure you're not a micromanager. It's the quickest way to kill teamwork yeah. is to be controlling. And we talk about six ways of delegation. The way not to be a micromanager, two things, simply. Effectively delegate. And some people aren't comfortable in delegation because they don't know how to articulate the expectations. And so we give them a six-step delegation rules that you clearly communicate how much authority, responsibility, and outcomes that person has, which can really help a manager who's uncomfortable delegating with a model they can lean against to delegate. Yeah. The other part of it is be collaborative. It really yeah. is amazing how if you open up your thinking to your team, if you have high-performing team and a good culture, how people can help you to see your blind spots and sacred cows. And the best ideas are not going to come from you. Right. They're going to come from the others around you. Right. And if, yeah. you, have a, if you have a job opening, you, I, I would think to apply the secure model to this process, ask the people around that job, what's missing? What, what would make this job even more impactful? And how yeah. could we maybe redesign it? This is an opportunity because uh, we're going to hire a high-performing person. So what else can we give them or what should we be giving them in this job? Because my experience is if you have a project and you let people contribute to it, even if the person said, I like the color of blue on my cover, when the book comes out, that person feels ownership to the book because look at this book. I helped to create it. I picked the color of blue. Yeah. Even the smallest things, people can become aligned to your goals because they feel involved in collaborating on it. Yeah. And as a CEO, your job really should be managing culture, right? Yes. In today's age. Yes. And I know our engineer, Paul, really hates the word culture, but I love it. Culture, 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 culture. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's off camera, so we don't have to worry about him. The All right, R. R. The, yeah. R the R stands uh, for retaining control. Okay. What we see in the hiring, well, maybe as it approach to the hiring process, uh, you should be very clear about the systems that you're going to be using to hire this person. Uh, you talked about, and, and I vividly can, can see how this would work, if a candidate spends an hour with one person and 20 minutes for the next person and then has to wait a half hour to meet with the third person they were supposed to meet with because that person is running late, a high-performing person goes, do they really value this position? Am I really going to? Yeah. Is this the kind of place I, I want to be? Yeah. Versus a process that says from 8 to 9, you're with this guy, and then we're going to take a break, then we're going to give you a tour, and here's the and you lay it out, and you follow that. A high-performing person goes, these, these people have it dialed in. Oh, yeah. so, so during the hiring process, don't forget to see how your company is reacting through the eyes of the candidate so that you do not turn off the highest performing people because you look and if it if something happens then explain it to them yeah normally this is what we had planned but because of this interrupt we're going to have to either reschedule or do something else you have to retain control for the process and not let it just go off and happen thinking and that's what everybody happens. knows what to do that's what happens the process just kind of happens it meanders it dies right it just it could it could live or die based on time right 
right? Time and quality of interview, because yeah. in your talk, I heard you say every interviewer should have a knockout question. Some question that culturally says, regardless of how much we love you, your answer to this means, I'm sorry, we're going to stop the we're interview at this yeah. point. And that's retaining control, allowing the individual to go, well, you know what? They didn't answer the knockout question, right? And so I called a halt to the interview process. Yeah. And it saves everybody time. You can actually give the feedback right there and say, hey, look, at this is one of our core values. You know, I learned a lot of this from, I, I went through the interview process a few years back at Amazon. Um, I had a friend who works over there and he okay. tried to bring me on board. Okay. And it was, it was really impressive how I was there for a long time and they grilled me. But the timing was like, boom, on point. I didn't have to wait. One person took me to lunch. We had, you know, it was, it was structured out. And I was like, wow, this is, even though everybody complains about how hard it is, and they tell you, like, we expect a lot out of you, the interview process was impressive. Right. It just was. Right. <laughs> and, and I think high-performing people don't mind working hard. No. They don't mind having high expectations. Not at all. And don't mind feedback. Matter no. of fact, they crave feedback. Yeah. Right. If you don't give a lot of good, but it has to be good, specific feedback. It can't be general, worthless, oh, you did really well yesterday, Rick. A high-performing person says, no, tell me what I did well and how I could do it better Yeah, in my experience. Yeah. That's a, and that's a tricky thing for a lot of companies because of where we are as, as a state and yes. being so, you know, litigation-happy, right? Right. Because, you know, I think a lot of companies want to give accurate feedback because that would help you out in your interview process. Mm -hmm. But you can't tell people sometimes some things, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. The, the E in the secure model stands for ensure you stay outcome focused and I'm going to come back to the point that you made which we've talked about earlier in the interview which is what I see this to be is really understanding the impact that this position is going to have on the company over the longer term and possibly where this could lead based on high performance results where this position especially in a small and middle-sized company you have a great opportunity to home grow your talent yeah come up through the culture and become the future leaders of your culture matter of fact my experience in working with a number of them the healthiest cultures are where the person says you know what I started here as the receptionist and now I'm the president yeah and we have that kind of culture that's awesome right yeah absolutely it's funny I have a you know, just another example, I have a client right now that's an outstanding client and they hire at the director level with the expectation that this person is going to be our VP. Right. And this person's going to be our CMO, you know, and, and so this is kind of, they create this path for them. Especially if they're a smaller growing company. Yeah. They don't need a CMO today. No. But they know at some point they do. Why not train the person now to be that position versus going out in the marketplace and finding that person? Well, you're creating longevity for the employee too, right? Right. Yeah. And tradition and culture. And yeah. and, and so um, culture for me is started and ends at the hiring process. If you don't extend the culture into the hiring process, your culture will be overrun with highly qualified people who don't fit. Yeah. I then there's a lot of organizations that are like that. Right. You know? and, and people go in the company and go, how come we're not the kind of company we were when there was 20 of us and we were all here till 11 o'clock at night and all giving it our all and, and now we're out of here at 5 o'clock. I mean, there are, there are stories of companies, and I won't name names because we're on the air, but you know, there are stories of companies who lose the magic sauce to the, to the culture. And I think that's because they're not front-ending their hiring process with a heavy dose of culture. Do you think it comes... Uh, 
they become too big for that too at some point where it doesn't they feel like it doesn't scale so it doesn't matter so I much think anymore. it's a comparative advantage of smaller companies that, yeah. that it's easier to have a good culture when you have less people yeah. the few big companies that maintained a great culture we write books about them we revere the CEOs how long have we talked about Southwest Airlines as having being different in the airline industry because the people actually liked working there yeah. and they made the experience fun for the for the passenger Right? Yeah. Well, that's just not because that, that's not just because th they hired well. It's partly that. It's partly because they know the kind of people that fit the playful environment that was the origin story of Southwest Airlines, and they made sure to bring those people in. And they never forgot that that's the kind of culture that they want. So they don't make policies and procedures that block the front end customer service people from letting their customers enjoy that, the experience. And that's a great example of culture that they've stayed true to. Yes. You know, no matter what's what right. scale. Right. And and to Herb Kelleher's credit, I mean, he created the culture, but he was able to find a successor who she could maintain it, and the company can move forward. Now, a lot of the airline industry is making a lot of money now. So, sure. so the days of airlines going bankrupt are in a distant past. But, you know, cycles come back. Yeah. Um, Southwest Airlines has been able to consistently deliver high-performance financial results as well as outstanding customer loyalty and support. I love it. All right, so let's talk about our prescription. Yes. What's the medication that we need to give, the takeaway we can give uh, right now to our listeners? Well, I, I, I would hope that they would retain some of what we've talked about with the secure model. Yeah. But I, I think actually what's more practical is to work with a practitioner who understands how to apply best practices in the area of hiring. I may be biased, but I think I think you're certainly one of those here in Thank Southern you. California. I really appreciate that. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, your your concept um, that you've shared of a career wound and having people understand that there's maybe something in that 68 percent of the population that isn't fully engaged at work yeah. that's missing, and seeing if you can deliver on that is a great way to attract people who could give more to their job than they're currently giving. Yeah. That is so very true. Well, I'm going to leave it at that. I couldn't even say that better myself, so thank you so much. So we're just about out of time for today's show. Rick, thanks for your time investment today, and uh, I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. I love being a part of this community. I know. Thank you for I having me. I love being part of yours. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, all right, so we've got a book. We've got everything. How do people get in touch with you? I'll Give me your 411. Here. Yeah, I think the best way to reach me on social media is LinkedIn. It's the primary platform that I use. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. Richard Franzi on LinkedIn. If you connect with me on LinkedIn, we can lead you to the, the books and the other peer groups that I do. I really just want to engage in a conversation with Southern California business executives and share ideas and learn from each other if, if you're interested. And absolutely. And I had a chance to make it about three quarters of the way through the book over the weekend. I didn't finish it, but I love it. Do you? you? Know? Yeah, yeah. I, I love the concept and, and um, actually where the killing cats came, leads to rats story came yeah. from was fascinating. I didn't, knew nothing about that. So. Pope Gregory the Ninth, 1400s. It's in the book. Read about it. <laughs> so the Pope messed up. No, I'm just kidding. He's so, the first person to put in writing that black cats were the, in his word, the vessel of Satan on earth. And people today are still somewhat sketchy about black cats. Here we are hundreds of years later, yeah. and people still have that bias in their mind. Thank so you, funny. Pope Gregory. <laughs> so I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballion, Shanti Ryle, and Kim Iverson. To listen to this show or any past episodes, you can check us out at Hire, that's H-I-R-E, 
powerradio.com or Higher Power Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook at Higher Power Radio, or you can follow me on Twitter at Rick underscore Gerard. We have another great show lined up for you guys next week. Our host is going to, or our guest, I'm not going to be your host, but our guest is going to be Ron Herrera, the uh, Vice President of Consulting Services with the Precept Group. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.